Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Jesus' command to his disciples before he left was go to the upper room. In fact, don't budge till you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that still true today? Yes, because we need power for daily life and especially power for witnessing. That's what we'll study today. Join me in the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I'm teaching on fundamentals of the faith. And what I'm teaching on this for is to simply inform you why when you go to church do you see certain things? I think there's always people saying, man, we just need to rearrange our church service. Well, you might rearrange them, but you still should see certain fundamentals of your faith produced in church. We discovered yesterday and talked about the fact that churches need to give invitations for people to be received Jesus. This is the most important thing that can happen in a church service. Secondarily, the main reason why we meet at church, though, is not to see people saved, but to, to actually empower Christians to become disciples. But the main thing is, the, and actually the thing that really brings back great remembrances, is last week we saw two people come down and receive Jesus. I think it's important to do it in front of people, not off in a room somewhere. I think it's important that people see people receive Jesus. And today we're going to talk about the importance of seeing people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because even the book of Acts, this was done in public. It was done out where people could see it and people need to see the power of God in front of them. And uh, I mean, Satan throws his stuff out in front of us, television, movies, I mean, in work and all the education, the works of Satan are out there everywhere we look. When people come to church, they ought to see the works of God made manifest in front of them. Yesterday, we talked about the importance of being born again and how that during a church service, you can weave in a simple salvation message ministers. So at the end of the service, the main reason why people came was they wanted to become disciples, that happened, but also something important to any sinner that comes. They have an opportunity to receive Jesus, or if a person invited a friend to come who doesn't know Jesus, give that invitation, or there may be somebody that's come to church all these years but never has received Jesus. They think by coming to church, they're going to heaven. They think by acting righteous, they can become righteous, and that's not the way it happens. It's a free gift from God, and you need to receive it. So this is important. I didn't get to yesterday the importance of water baptism, but water baptism really isn't done in front of people, too. I don't think Jesus did it off where nobody could see it once in a while, such as the Ethiopian eunuch. His was uh, separate. People didn't see it, but they did it in front of people. They baptized them in a river. And so why is this important? Because that is showing to people you've received Jesus. You may come down and, and, and acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but there's something else when you're willing to do something in front of everybody to tell them, I really did this. And this is what water baptism is about. Putting a person under the water shows that we have died with Jesus and then coming back up shows that we have been quickened and raised with Jesus. And then when we walk away, it shows we're walking off in newness of life. This is a symbol to all those people that are present at the time. I have received Jesus and I have really changed addresses from hell to heaven. I have changed life from death unto to eternal life. I've received Jesus. But another thing we need to talk about too is that once a person is born again, it's not over. They come to be uh, taken in, taking in the word of God, but also they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What we need in our life is a fullness of the Spirit and a fullness of the Word. These two work together. 
Both of them give us guidance. Both of us give direction. Both of us, both of them give us power not to sin. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. If we walk in the spirit, we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Those two also gang up together to help us walk a life free from sin. And as I pointed out yesterday, Jesus not only came to save us from sin, but also from sinning. Acts 1.8 says this, to believers, Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This experience is for Christians only, not for sinners. Jesus didn't say this to sinners. In fact, he told his disciples in John 14, 17 of this experience of receiving the Holy Spirit of which on the day of Pentecost, they spoke with tongues that when this happens, uh, he said, this is for Christians. John 14, 17, Jesus spoke of this experience and said, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him, nor does it know him. Now, this experience that comes to believers, again, unbelievers can receive the new birth, but this one he's talking about was after a person is saved, we now receive power from the Lord to operate in the supernatural. It's called the baptism of the spirit in Matthew chapter three and verse 11. Also in the book of Mark, Luke and John is referred to as being baptized in the spirit. The new birth is also called by a baptism by the spirit. First Corinthians 12, 13, by, by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body. But there comes an experience where Jesus Christ himself baptized. He shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Sinners would be baptized by fire, we're told. And that fire, uh, it will be at the time of the coming of Jesus Christ. Sinners on this earth will be baptized in fire and that will last forever as they go to hell and eventually the lake of fire. That's Matthew chapter three, verses 11 and 12. But later on, it's also called to be endued or clothed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit who is with you shall be in you. That happened at the new birth. The Holy Spirit was with them throughout the Old Testament. Believers, once a person becomes a believer in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is with them, but he also comes to live in them. But Jesus also said there's coming an experience where the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he didn't announce that one until he left the earth. I mean, he was in Acts chapter one, about to go to heaven and said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. In the case of Jesus, he also had this experience where at the beginning of his ministry, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove and he received power and started his public ministry. In other words, once we're born again, we're not ready yet for public ministry ministry. We need to understand and gain the word, but we also need the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And this is power for witnessing. So we can also witness to other people who need Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus did not begin his public ministry till the Holy Spirit came upon him and literally told his disciples, you go to the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit. That's when you can then go out and begin to win the lost. On that day, within literally within minutes, of the Holy Spirit descending on the upper room and they all spoke with tongues. Peter came downstairs and the streets were filled with thousands and thousands of religious Jews out of every nation under heaven who came for the feast of Pentecost. And Peter then stood in front of them with the other 120 beside him and they all began to speak with tongues and people heard them. Then Peter quit speaking with tongues and preached the gospel in a known language and 3,000 religious Jews accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I mean, let's think about that. Religious Jews, educated, 
Jews, Bible school trained Jews were led to the Lord by a fisherman. Now that doesn't make sense, except when you understand the Holy Spirit came upon him and he preached a supernatural sermon. You know what this verse is simply telling us? Witnessing is supernatural. It's not something we study for. It's not something we memorize. It's not reading a book. It's opening up ourselves after we are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues, opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, give me something. You give me power to witness. You've given me the gifts of the Holy Spirit to witness. You've given me the supernatural power of God to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, cast out devils, all these things with one goal in mind, that a person will receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's interesting. I don't know why. I'll just throw this out there. If anybody has a comment, you can say this. Before the day of Pentecost, it was called the baptism of the Spirit, even up until the day Jesus left. But as soon as the Holy Spirit hit the upper room, it's called being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Ephesians 5 tells us also in verse 18, be filled with the Spirit speaking. So we're filled with the Spirit. So why that change? I don't know. I expected many of you thought I had the answer to that. I don't. I haven't found a commentary yet that says anything on it, but one day I'm sure I'm going to do it. And when I do, if I'm still on this earth, I'll tell you about it. If I'm in heaven, I'll just tell you, wait till you get here. Jesus will explain it. This that I'm talking about, this infilling of the Holy Spirit, it is not a part of salvation. It's not needed to go to heaven. It's the purpose of power for us, for witnessing and for Christian living. Power is boldness to witness. Boy, the boldness of God came on Peter that day when he was filled with the Spirit, spoke with tongues. It's the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit, such as healing and prophecy and other ones that happen too. This again is the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It opens us up to the gifts of the Spirit. So again, we look around the world, we see people receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know what the greatest thing is? In nations around the world where it's being led by spirit-filled Christians speaking with tongues, the largest groups of people receiving Jesus anywhere. Nations are changed. We find this true in Acts chapter two. Later on in Acts chapter 10 and 11, as there was persecution, they spread this everywhere and churches begin to flourish and especially the supernatural was great and powerful in the raising up of the revival at Ephesus, which that revival shook the whole continent of Asia. It lasted in, it started at the end of chapter 18 of Acts, goes all the way through chapter 19. For three years, this thing went on. And then Paul finally came back and talked to the pastors who were raised up into churches all over Ephesus to carry that message on. Acts chapter 10, Verse 37 and 38 says this, you know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism of John that he proclaimed how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. The same thing that happened to the disciples in the upper room. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit and given supernatural power. What happened to Jesus happened to them. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. In other words, it's not up to us to only speak the gospel. We can now demonstrate it because Paul said in, in chapter, uh, the closing chapter, chapter 15 of the book of Romans, he said that from Jerusalem and roundabout unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel by signs and wonders. He's simply saying, if signs and wonders don't follow your ministry, you're not fully preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, you're preaching the gospel, but there's a fullness of it that you have not seen with the operation of the supernatural. Acts chapter two, verses one through four says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. You know what? This could be church. 
It was in the upper room, but we're talking about what happens in a church service. It's important for people to see people come forward and receive Jesus as their savior, but it's also important to see Christians come forward and receive the Holy Spirit for power to witness. Verse two says, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled all the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested over each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All means all everyone that came. It wasn't for certain ones and not for certain ones. All were there. This included old, young, Jews, Gentiles, males, females. A sound from heaven occurred, divided tongues of fire over their head. Although those two events did not occur afterwards because the Holy Spirit had already come, it happened initially on the day it was given. After this, all that was left was when people were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, they spoke with tongues. Acts chapter 10 tells us, and we'll take this up when we come back, how that at the house of Cornelius, this same event happened among Gentiles as we see it today. I'll see you right after the break. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain His ministry, and how the world was changed when He came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Many years ago, I wrote the book called God's Word to Pastors, and now I have updated it. Many new things I have seen from the Word of God applied into this book, and you're gonna be greatly blessed by it. I'm called to be a pastor, I trust you are too, and you will wanna get this book and become greatly impressed by what Paul had to say to pastors in Acts chapter 20, as well as what Jesus Christ has to say to you today. This is my book, God's Word to Pastors. To order your copy, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. I'm gonna to read to you three events of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Although another event happened in Acts chapter eight, 
I'm going to leave that one out and simply go to the ones where it specifically says that they spoke with tongues. Acts chapter 8, they spoke with tongues, but I don't have time to get into all the words and nuances of that verse to show you they spoke with tongues, but we'll just take a look at three that absolutely say it. Again, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together, the 120, in one place, the upper room. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like of a mighty rushing wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as fire appeared to them and sat over each of them. And they were all, all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All means all who were there. And everyone, the, all the 120 were there. It included old people, young people, Jews, Gentiles, males, females. This sound from heaven and divided tongues of fire appeared the first time, but it never appeared after that. Why? Because this was the sound and the vision of the Holy Spirit descending from heaven. Since that time, he's always been there. One of the strangest prayers you can pray in the scriptures, Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit. He has. You need to pray for them that they'll receive it. This is what happened in Acts chapter 8 is that in the city of Samaria, they received the word that was being preached by Philip. And it says after that, that they sent Peter and John to them to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Folks, he's already been given. He was given on the day of Pentecost. Oh, Lord, send your spirit. He already has. Oh, Lord, fill this house. He already has. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there. And all we have to do is reach out and receive him, much like we do salvation. To pray for the Holy, to pray for God to fill a person with the Holy Spirit is as useless as asking God to save somebody. You need to have them receive. Pray for them to receive Jesus and pray for the Christian to receive the Holy Spirit. So once he came from heaven, no more sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, no more tongues of fire. But one thing occurred from that time on, they spoke with tongues. Acts chapter 10, the house of Cornelius. Peter has been on the upper, uh, on the roof uh, in Joppa and he's there and he's smelling food being made and all this, but suddenly he fell into a trance. And the Lord showed him a sheet coming down from heaven filled with every type of unclean animal listed in the Old Testament. And God spoke something abhorrent to him rise, slay, and eat these things. He goes, Lord, I wouldn't do that. But God wasn't really showing him a vision of animals. What he was saying was, you think the same thing of Gentiles, that since Gentiles are, quote, cursed under the Jewish religion, not by God, but Jewish religion, then you won't want to go. And the moment he woke up out of that vision, wondering what happened, there was a knock at the door downstairs and someone from Cornelius's house, a Roman, came to uh, to that place and this happened in in this case where he and then he followed them to the city of Caesarea named after Caesar filled with Romans and preached the message of salvation and they were filled with the holy spirit the same way it happened in the upper room Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Just like the day of Pentecost, he came upon them. While Peter had been preaching, they received the word. And it said he fell on those who heard the word. So they heard the word, received it in verse 45. And the believers who came and were circumcised among the circumcision, that is the Jews who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. Why? That showed they had received Jesus during Peter's preaching. Now they also received the Holy Spirit and were filled with the Spirit. Verse 46, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. All who were present were filled with the Spirit. All who were there spoke with tongues just like they did at Pentecost. Look at Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Here, uh, Paul 
had, uh, there was a revival that was happening in Ephesus. It just started, but there, uh, before him, there was Apollos. Paulus had come between chapter 18 and 19 and spoken there. Then Apollos left and he was filled with the Holy Spirit under the ministry of Aquila and Priscilla. And uh, then he left and Paul came back and was speaking in the synagogue for a while. But as he was coming back and he came through the upper coast of Ephesus, that when he was coming, he met 12 disciples. These were Christians. They wouldn't be called disciples if they weren't Christians, but they were disciples. They were believers, but they had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'll find out why. In Acts 19, beginning in verse one, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul had now, uh, Apollos had now gone back to Corinth from Ephesus. Paul passed through the highlands, the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Underline that word. This tells us they were not sinners. They were disciples already born again. But as Paul began to talk to them, he noticed something wasn't there completely. Something was missing. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So a person, when they receive Jesus, Savior can immediately then go on to being filled with the Holy Spirit. But they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Boy, does that sound common today. Churches reporting everywhere. Who's this Holy Spirit guy? When it used to be so common in church, now it can't be found in churches hardly. But they said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said into John's baptism. What they're saying is we received Jesus and then we were water baptized, but that's as far as we got. And Paul said, John truly baptized with water unto repentance, telling the people to believe in the one was who was to come after them, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Before this, they were baptized under uh, the ministry and in type with John the Baptist uh, baptism, which was really not, that was before the church began. Now they're now baptized in Jesus' name. And then it goes on to say they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. They spoke with tongues just like they did back in chapter 10 and chapter two, and they still do today. The command to be filled with the Spirit was not only for that day, but for us today. And what we need to tell people in the congregation is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And many might say no and say, well, listen, we're gonna have a service and let's just give you a quick rundown of how it occurs. I love to tell this story here in, in this uh, Acts 19. Three things happened. Number one, Paul laid his hands on them. That's what Paul did. Number two was the Holy Spirit. He came upon them. And number three was them. They spoke with tongues. And I tell people that. I'm gonna invite you to come up here and I'm gonna do three things or three things are gonna happen. Number one, I'm gonna lay my hands on you. And number two, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so I bring them up the front and they, they come up there and I, again, lay hands on them. And the next thing that happens, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And I often tell them, because I can sense it. I said, you sense that, didn't you? The Holy Spirit's come all over you. They go, yeah. I said, now the next part's up to you. You speak with tongues. And they'll open up their mouth and start to speak with tongues. This is the simplicity of it. But these are people who are already saved. Again, they spoke with tongues just like they do today. And we do it today just like they did back then. And the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit is for today also. And we're told in, again, Ephesians chapter uh, 5, and in those verses of Scripture, be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit coming out of you. But this is an empowering for your daily Christian life, and especially to lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Witnessing is supernatural. 
the gifts of the Spirit were mainly given for the supernatural ability to lead people to Jesus. In fact, it's interesting, Jesus led most people to the Lord through a word of knowledge. He depended on the Holy Spirit and the word of knowledge treats everybody different because God will give you a word for somebody that's just for them, somebody else that's just for them. When Jesus was speaking uh, to his disciples, he told one of them, he said, I saw you sitting under a tree, Nathaniel. And he said, I saw you sitting under a tree. And Nathaniel said, whoa, he said, you must be the son of God. And he received him because of that. The woman that was at the well, Jesus said, you've had five husbands. The one you're living with now is not your husband. And she said, you must be a prophet. And she received him as savior, ran into town and told everybody to come out. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. So again, this is what happens. We should do this in front of people. It's important that people see people come down the front and you lead these people in a salvation prayer, a simple prayer, receiving Jesus as savior, committing to him that we know you raised Jesus from the dead and now we receive him as our savior. That's important for the congregation to hear. Why? Because they know it. Also, it's a simple way of showing them how they can lead people to the Lord. Also, the simplicity of salvation. But then next of all, we need to take them right on into being filled with the Holy Spirit and then invite people to come to the front who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior and pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's important that the congregation, I even have them all begin to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, and then the group that's up here just join in with them. And so it happens. And I'll tell you, I've seen lives change, dramatically changed. And one woman that was uh, spirit-filled in the morning service came back that evening and said, you know what? I went home and found out, you know what? I can pray in the spirit and then stop and then start again. I said, that's right. Because the Bible says you can do that. I will speak with the spirit. I will speak with the understanding, which means you can stop and start whenever you want to. But it's something else. Again, it comes by your will. And that brings into your life the power of God and produces the power of God to do number one, first of all, mainly, and that's lead people to Jesus Christ supernaturally. You too can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You too can operate in word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, prophesying over people, things like that that really shake people to the core because God reveals things in their life that's important to them. Ephesians 5.18 says this, do not be drunk with wine where it is excess, or my translation says debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking among yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The manifestation of tongues is for every believer. First of all, for prayer, you speak to God. For praise, you give thanks well. This is what, again, one of the reasons why we have that. It empowers our life. And those aren't necessarily to be interpreted. That comes under the gift of tongues to be interpreted in church. That's a completely different subject. But your tongues, although you can interpret them at times, is mainly not to be interpreted. It's a means of communication with God. Because the Bible says when you speak in tongues, your understanding is unfruitful. Your mind doesn't know what you're saying, but you're speaking mysteries to God, opening yourself up to hear from God. The gift of tongues for the church service is to be interpreted. And what this is simply saying is simply receive what God has provided for you. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you right now. Close your eyes and I'm going to pray with you. If you've received Jesus as Savior, but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken with tongues, I'm going to pray for you right now. Open up your heart. No one else is around you. You're not in church. You could be in church. It'd be nice if you were in church, but go tell people what's happened to you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you the Holy Spirit's falling on them. As he's falling on them, they can actually detect and feel and sense the presence of the Holy Spirit coming on them. And I now pray for them that they will receive the Holy Spirit. Those of you that I'm praying for right now, 
open up your mouth, begin to speak with other tongues. Don't think about it. Turn your brain off as far as I'm concerned. Turn your natural thinking off. Turn off that thing that wants to debate this thing or try to understand and just receive it and begin to speak with other tongues. And you'll notice it might begin with stammering lips and then go to another tongue. But like any language, it gets better and better the more you use it, the more you understand it. And as you do, you'll find yourself moving more into the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to set lives free. We'll talk more tomorrow about these important points that you see and should see in a church service. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.